Revenge, Season 1, Episode 10, Loyalty. And welcome to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary, and I'm Laura. How are you doing tonight, Laura? Good. Uh, it's Sunday night, though, so the dreaded Sunday night. Ugh. I don't know what it is, but I I feel like Sunday nights are almost even worse than like a Thursday. You oh know? yeah, no, for sure. Thursdays are like okay, I got one more day till the weekend. Sunday, I mean, I got the whole week. It's not even. I mean, Monday, Monday night, I can at least check one day off. Really? Because, I mean, for me, Mondays are bad, Tuesdays are bad. I, I'm okay with Wednesdays because we're getting, like, almost to Thursday, you know? Like, that's at least getting better. But, yeah, Sundays, they just bum me out. I think it's just, like, being a kid when you're younger and having to go to school the next morning. That, like, bum me out. And, and Sunday is always, like, housework day, which is funny because, like, when I was younger and, you know, mom would tell us to you know, clean our room or you had to do all your chores on Sunday and stuff. And, and that would always like just not be fun. But now I spent so much of today doing laundry and doing the dishes and cleaning the bathroom and like all that. And it made me feel really, uh, productive. I don't know. Yeah. Productive. But also, definitely. But also sad. But I feel like this, like our generation now has come up with a Sunday fun day type of thing where, you know, I'm, I'm talking about people that are out of college, young adults, Last Sunday, I was – I had my Sunday packed with a lot of fun things. Uh, so, so – Really? Fun. Last Sunday. I mean, I went to – met up my friends uh, at a winery. and We were drinking some rosé, sitting outside. It was really nice. We were chatting, talking about the previous day, all all the stuff that we had at a party the previous day. So, we're talking about that. And then we went to Carter – Carter's Mountain, and we had more drinks and stuff. And then we went – to Chipotle, and then we went to see a movie. Like, we just did one thing after another after another on Sunday. It was fun. But uh, today was more of just that a relaxing day filled with nothing much, but it's okay. I slept in and just hung out. Wow, I did not even leave my house at all today. Um, <laughs> I did get up and I took a shower, but then I put my pajamas back on and just sort of hung out. Like, I – so I'm – I, you know this, obviously, but our listeners don't. I am a, uh, I guess I'm a member of this community now, even though I'm still sort of new to it, the whole, like, online reality game community, or ORG community, which I had not even heard of until a few months ago, but basically you, much like how people, you know, play, like, board games or video games or whatever, this, you just play online interactive, uh, strategy type games where you know like survivor big brother or whatever and you do whatever like skype and forums and stuff and so uh over this weekend i had a 24-hour challenge so i had to be near a computer every hour on the hour to post something in order to win the challenge so i didn't leave my house at all and i didn't really do anything and i stayed up last night until 6 a.m i think is when I finally actually went to bed, and then I slept from, like, 6 till 12, so it's just, uh, just a little bit off today. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never got into the um, online reality game stuff. Don't think I'd be very good with it, but it's cool. It's very stressful. Yeah, but it's, it was fun it's watching cool. you, I mean, fun in a way, watching you uh, on Sequester, but 
I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, and, and this game is a little different because, um, you know, some of the games like Sequester that I played last summer are, you know, viewers watch them. But this game was just something that people, I think, like, if you are a person who's played the game before, you can ask permission to watch, like, challenges and stuff. But most of the game is not is not viewable to anyone except for, you know, the people on production. You just mostly are doing Skype calls with people within the game and your, your allies and your tribe and stuff. So... Anyway, it's fun, but we're we're almost done. This game ends on Thursday, and then I can take a possibly permanent break <laughs> from doing these kind of things. Cause <laughs> at they least, just... at least do a semi permanent, like a longer break. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, at least a year, if not forever. Oh, just whoa, because... that's a long time. Oh yeah, well, I mean, they're fun, but they just they take up so much of my time, and I need to uh, connect with I don't people know. in that are physically around you. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't do as much today. Although we we were going to go to an amusement park, that was our original plan for this uh, this weekend. But I guess we're going to do that another time. Yeah, all our plans kind of fell through because of the potential, the possibility of some rain, which didn't really happen. I mean, I it. No, it I was... mean, it sprinkled earlier today, but it, it didn't even come down hard. Like I, we would have been fine if we were. Oh, at that, that would have been well, music park, and then also for the biking yesterday, that would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Perfect too to have you know maybe just a sprinkle here and there, but it to be cooler. It was in the nineties earlier this week, so this weekend oh, it was actually it was, so nice. Ninety four was the hottest I saw it get up to, which was just insane. So oh gosh, yeah, my car, my car was like a hundred, but I mean that's just because it was hot in there, and then it cooled down, but. That's crazy. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> nope. I, well, I hate, I hate spring because I just, I get allergies and, and there's so much pollen everywhere and, and I don't like that, but I love like early fall weather. I love, you know, just like 60 to 65 degrees and not really any warmer than that, but. Oh yeah, the fall's the best. Spring, yeah, with the allergies and I feel like this spring it's been partic- particularly uh, rough with the allergies, um, with the pollen and everything, so. Yeah, people can probably tell that both of us sound a little bit stuffed up. At oh the yeah, I'm, I've been stuffed up for weeks now. I've, I feel like it's yeah. either allergies or a cold. I've had it for several weeks now. Can't kick it. Yeah, it's just it's uncomfortable. But anyway, so that's really wraps up uh, our status of our weekend. But you know, this episode it's just another one in the last several that have been you know, interesting and in, in moving the story forward, but but not really that much individual content. Um, you know, if I had to name what was the biggest thing that happened in this episode, sort of difficult to put my finger on it. I felt like this episode definitely had a lot more Tyler than usual. Tyler and Nolan. So, uh, that's just a, a negative <laughs> thing about this, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it did have a lot, and, and it, you know, we're still in this weird grumpy Nolan phase, which is annoying, and there wasn't, there wasn't too much moving in one way or another. A few important facts were revealed, and a few different, you know, players of this game have gotten different information that they definitely did not have before, you know, which we'll we'll talk about as we go throughout this episode. But yeah, there were some pretty big bombs dropped, but not bombs that the audience didn't know. Yeah, it was just exactly. things that certain characters didn't know. Yep. I feel like there wasn't really any new revelations in terms of the audience this episode. No, and it's it can be kind of confusing for the audience as well because a lot of it is Emily playing dumb, and she's like, oh, wait, who's 
David Clark, you know, and we're all getting confused because we know that she knows who he is, but exactly that's why it gets kind of confusing if you haven't been really paying attention closely. Yep, it's uh, it's it's one of those shows where you really do need to watch it all the way through, and it's more difficult to watch an episode here or there. Unlike, like, I'm watching How I Met Your Mother right now, and while it's definitely more enjoyable to watch it all the way through, pretty much every individual episode is sort of standalone in one way or another. At least for the first several seasons. I'm still in, well, I'm on season two now. Uh, th- this show is just, that's the thing when you've only got, you know, 18 episodes per season... Or so, actually, it might be more than 18. Let me see. Season 2 has 22 episodes. So 22 episodes, but each episode is only 23 minutes long. You know, you can practically watch three an hour. <laughs> so you're just going <laughs> to yeah. knock them out real fast. And since I was staying up uh, late last night, I knocked out, you know, basically an entire season. But I can't do that. I don't, I don't think I, my attention span isn't long enough for me just to watch episode after episode after episode nowadays the only shows that i'm actually watching religiously are survivor and and revenge i feel like i don't have the patience to sit down and there's so many shows i need to start watching again westworld um yeah i, I haven't watched the the newest yeah i know that that yet. just started and then there are other shows that, are, that will be starting soon but i'm like like, like, this is us. I missed the whole second season so far because I just, I'm like, I, I can't just sit down and watch something. <laughs> it's Well, weird. and this it's is, weird. you know, this is, this is what's terrible is that I've seen How I Met Your Mother. I've seen the whole thing twice. The first time I watched it, I literally watched all ten seasons and then right then started it over again and watched all ten seasons again. And I did that in, it was in like my first year of college. And... It, there are so many shows that I've been trying to watch for years and years, and Revenge used to be one of them. But I finally, you know, finished this, uh, what was it, last summer or so. But I, there are so many shows like um, One Tree Hill, I'm on the seventh season. The Office, I'm on the eighth season. You know, um, I watched I watched the first season of uh, Downton Abbey and really liked it and just haven't gotten around to watching any more of it. I own yep. all of all of Breaking Bad and I've never watched it. Um, there's just so many shows that I'm Gosh, almost Pretty Little done Liars. With. I watched that show um, for a almost all the seasons to the very end and i'm like oh gosh that was probably when they revealed all their stuff <laughs> but you know for me it's not it's not an attention span thing because i play i have a an app game that i like to play while i watch tv and people will say oh it's impossible to multitask and i'm like yeah but look i'm re-watching how i met your mother or you know like there are certain shows where you don't need your full attention like if i'm watching game of thrones or if i'm watching westworld yeah i need to sit there and just completely just watch it and that's it but um, but when I'm watching a lot of TV, it's it's more so background. because I want to yeah it's background. I, I'm doing something else. I'm playing a video game or, or something. Like I played um I'm watching all uh, all the old seasons of Big Brother because I had never watched that, and I've been able to knock out ten seasons so far this year ju- uh, while I was playing Legends of Z- Legend of Zelda. Like I was doing both at the same time. See, no, because- I can't do that. I I have I have to when I'm watching a show, I'm watching it intently and I, I don't want anything anybody talking nothing distracting i watch shows to watch them uh to fully pay attention i don't really watch shows to have them in the background because i'm rarely just sitting down i don't know it's just not me i just don't do it yeah it's hard there's i feel like i there's so many things that i want to be doing like i used to i used to read so often uh-huh. and this is the first year where i didn't read 
at least 20 or 30 books in this past year. I read, you know, well, because in, in 2017, the first half of the year, I was still in college, and so I knocked out, like, you know, 15 books that semester. And then that was it. I just did, I read, like, one or two more books. 15 books? You're talking um, about like school books? Or are you talking about... Uh, no, like, books for fun. Oh, wow, man. I haven't read that many... Well, a lot of them I would listen to, like, audiobooks. Oh, but oh, okay. But I would, I would read a lot, and then... Yeah, it's just now, like, there's all these books that I want to read, and there's all these books that I've partially started, but I just, I come home from work, and I'm like, well, instead of reading, I, I want to do something that I can do two things of, or that's more interactive. So I say, oh, well, I'll just watch a TV show, and then I can play a game at the same time, and so then I'm knocking out two things, whereas reading, I could just do one, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is the beauty of audiobooks, definitely. That's true. Well, the thing is, no, I audiobooks, I still have to be... Unless I'm, like, driving. Well, no, even that, I can tune stuff out. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I totally wasn't listening to what the audiobook was saying the last, like, couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, you gotta try not to tune it out. But but physical activities or, or you know, things like driving, which are most, mostly muscle memory, and uh, especially if you're on a highway, and, um, I guess, know, I guess running or biking or something like that. I guess it's more like my like thoughts. That. I guess it's more like I get lost in my thoughts. Like, I'll, I'll go start thinking about something else in my head, and I'm like, wait, shoot, I was listening to, listening to this, this podcast, I was listening to this book, and I've now I've totally zoned out for the last couple You know, that's funny that you say that, because I first started listening to audiobooks because I wanted to ignore my thoughts. I wanted to shut out my brain and, and tell it to calm down and stop thinking about things that were stressing me out or annoying me. And so I would listen to, but music didn't work because with music, there's a, such an emotional undertone that it'll heighten whatever huh. emotion you're trying not to think about. And so, you know, music is like, if you've had a bad day and you listen to a song, chances are, you know, years later, when you hear that song again, you'll get a slight bad feeling because you were having a bad day when you listened to that, you know. Or you people talk about, you know, breakup music all the time and how there were certain songs they listened to when they went through a breakup and they could only associate associate that with negative feelings. Well, an audiobook, that's completely different, right? Because it's a story. It's it's something that someone else has written. So you, it's not about you. There might be emotional undertones, but it, you, it's harder to relate that back to yourself. Yeah, I mean, when I say lost my thoughts, I don't mean something bad i just mean literally i'm just thinking about something else like daydreaming basically i'm daydreaming i'm thinking about something else my thoughts and i'm like oh great wait a minute i must be paying attention to this this audiobook but oh my gosh anyway oh gosh so yeah so this episode was uh here you want to talk about how it started because it started sort of interesting it did not start with a quote funnily enough it ended with a quote but did not start with one uh, let's see. Oh, so there, the opening scene was Emily and her train. I keep on calling him a trainer. I just can't remember his name. It's Takeda. Takeda. His Takeda. And he's, he's basically, he's like a, sort of like a mentor, you know, slash, uh, train. Yeah, trainer's not the right. I would use mentor more Me- as Oh, the yeah, word. mentor. So they're kind Re- of. Revenge mentor or something. They're like fighting, but in a, uh. Not like, I don't know if what it is, like Taekwondo or karate or whatever. You know, they're, they're doing that type of martial arts uh, to for her to, I guess, just to, that's just a way that he, like, mentors her. And I know I have the one thing that she said was, one thing you can count on, I never forget. That, that quote stuck in, stuck to me. And I think, let's see, Takedo was mainly saying, if you let your emotions guide you, you will fail. So he's concerned with her emotions. 
Yeah, that was a big theme of the episode, was Takeda being concerned with Emily. The whole Takeda thing's kind of weird, because we know that he's a mentor of hers in some sort of way. We know that the warden is the one who put them in contact. That's really all we know. We don't know what exactly he's helping her with, how much he knows about the truth, etc. Yeah, exactly. Well, the truth, I mean... Yeah, well, I guess part of it... It sounds like he knows the truth because at one point she mentions to him that if if he invests in the Graysons, that will let that will lead to uh, her having uh, the files, having access to files on David Clark, which will prove his innocence. His innocence. So it sounds like Takedo sounds like she's told him everything. Yeah, it sounds like Takedo knows everything. But I mean, obviously the warden doesn't know everything because then. Uh, people would david wouldn't be framed anymore so she yeah though the warden clearly knows something she knows that emily is using a fake identity and is is you know has gotten amanda you know has switched identities with amanda she knows that much true maybe that's more of like a um victim protection yeah sort of thing sort of thing uh but but anyway so yeah so they're 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 um she's being emily's being trained in the opening. Uh, was, there, was there more you wanted to touch on? No, it was mostly just that it was sort of an interesting, because at first glance I couldn't tell if it was a flashback or if it was happening right then or whatever, but, you know, she's still got blonde hair, so I assume it was <laughs> current time. It's just, it's some things like that, I'm like, where are they doing this? Because hopefully they're not doing it somewhere where Daniel could see them or walk up on them because, you know, she's pretending to not know this guy. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they're, they're doing it at some remote location. It looked pretty, though. Wasn't it, like, on the side of a cliff? Wait, no. Side of a cliff. There's no cliffs over there. I don't know. I don't really remember. I know it was by the water, and that yeah. they were, I thought they were on, like, a dock yeah, or some kind. Yeah, exactly. A porch or whatever, on the, or a deck off uh, by the water. Anyway, so then the other scene, the next scene is um, Victoria being handed these uh, papers for divorce that Conrad's filed. Yes, she's got served. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know. There were like two or three people this episode who said something along the lines of, oh, you're getting a divorce, but you seem so perfect together. I'm like, when, when have they ever seemed perfect together? I feel like they're, they're so public about their arguments and things. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I guess uh, the reason why it's a big deal is just because of all the money and the assets they have. Like, it's not... I think I think it's half and half. I think there's that, and then I think there's the... Actually, I think it's three parts. I think it's one part, the assets. Second part, the charade of making it seem like they're a very close, loving family. And then the third part of they've got this history together of this lie and this cover-up story and sort of needing to be, you know, to have their story straight and, and the fact that people, you know, may try to expose that and then they need to keep this up and it's easier if you're together. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing, too. Like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Conrad wants to do this and I guess, are they trying to make it kind of a private thing? Because they just have that whole big article on them about... About, yeah, how they're a perfect couple. Perfect couple. Their- so I would think that, like, yes, maybe them... They both want to have a divorce, but to actually go ahead and do it this early, too? I'm kind of surprised that Conrad was wanting to do that. Yeah, it, it seems a little rushed and um, unwise of them to not think this through a little more and not just 
separate or whatever. Yeah, separate. It's just, especially right now when, you know, all this stuff seems to be getting, you know, dragged up and, you know, Lydia and all that just seems a little risky, but. Oh, speaking of which, she was not in this episode at all. I know, first, first episode in a while. They did mention her. Well, they mentioned her from the past. They didn't. They didn't mention anything about her well-being now or anything. No. Uh, but we did, which we'll talk about later. We did find someone who had a uh, connection to Lydia. Yeah. In this episode. Um. Let's see. Did you want to go for the topics, or I had one more thing to mention about Victoria and Ashley? Should I say that now? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and do that. Yeah. So that was another thing where, um, it's a continuation from last episode when Tyler had told when when a- after Ashley sees Tyler kissing Nolan, Tyler was basically telling her, "Hey, like you need to step up your game. I'm just playing this game to try to <clears throat> get closer to the Grayson so I t- so I can blackmail him." And so Ashley's like, "Okay, I need to t- to do that too." And so she wants to get closer to Victoria, and so for this episode, another thing we see at the beginning was that uh actually talking to victoria basically saying like hey let's are we going to do this this breakfast this uh lunch thing and victoria says she's kind of distracted with the divorce and everything but um but then she's like well you can help me by bringing daniel home like kind of convincing daniel to bring him home and once ashley's like okay yeah i'll do that victoria kind of um her attitude towards her attitude towards actually improves and like oh you can call me victoria instead of miss grayson like at first victoria was like oh ashley go away and call me mrs grayson and then once she told ashley what to do and ashley was like yeah i'll help you she's like you can call me victoria yeah i think um i i think that we're definitely seeing ashley try to step up a little bit um, obviously not to the extent that, like, Tyler is, and I, I still can't get over the fact that Ashley is interested in Tyler at all. I still can't just, tell ugh. that's actually, if she really is, or she's just using him. I can't tell. I think at least part of her is interested. I mean, I think that she's much more of an ambitious person than, than she is a, uh, person who's interested in, in romance, you know? I don't think that she's... You know, whereas you look at someone like Jack and and you think, you know, okay, are they more interested in a career or a relationship? I think it's clear Jack is much more interested in, you know, pursuing his uh, his relationship dreams, I guess. And same with Declan. But yep. those those Porter boys. And, uh, and, you know, to some extent, Daniel. I think that's interesting is that this is a show where the men typically are the ones who are doing more of the pursuing. Like it should be. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, <laughs> so yeah. So the the first topic I really was gonna dive into is is kind of what we were just talking about, which is the uh, the Porter boys, Jack and Declan, and their significant others. So we know from the last uh, I don't know if it was the last episode or one before that that Victoria had paid off Declan to break up with Charlotte, and of course he didn't actually break up with Charlotte, but he took the money anyway, which ended up being what was it twenty thousand dollars twenty. Or twenty five thousand, something like that. So you know, a fair amount of money. But uh, yeah. Um, and so the two of them have been throughout this episode looking for an apartment that they're pan- planning on moving into, which I don't really get. It's like, it's like, yeah, that would be a thing that you'd want to do eventually, maybe. But Charlotte does not like. She's annoyed with her mom, but she doesn't need to leave. She's not like in a you know horrible household. And Declan, he lives with his brother. Like, what? What improvement? It's not even like. 
Declan has parents around that are, yeah, you know... Yeah, that's... I'm confused. Like, because, restricting anything, because, you know? Okay, the, the, the Grayson's house is so big, and at this point, it's only... Like, the only people that are living there are Victoria and Charlotte, so... I feel like you could go into that house and leave the house and never see anybody. You know, she could be, like, living on the far end and not have to run into her mom. Well, also, the other thing that I can't figure out is, okay, so Declan has met Charlotte. I assume Declan met Charlotte recently? I'm not 100% sure on that. You know, I figured season one was when they met, but maybe he's seen her before. No, I mean, don't they go to school together, right? Or maybe... I don't think so. I think she goes to, like, a private school. I don't know what he does. Maybe he just had seen her, like, around the docks and stuff. Maybe, but... So, you get the feeling that, at least from what I think, it, it seems like the Graysons only live in this house during the summer, and that they live maybe in New York City or something during the rest of the year or somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just the vibe I'm getting. So I'm thinking, okay, they're looking for an apartment in Montauk. Like, is she just going to stay, like, is that close enough to her school? Is she going to stay there all year round? Is that just for the summer? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I feel like they also weren't thinking this through, so. Well, they're 17, you know. Yeah. I... Also, don't you think that, you know, the second they move in together, Victoria's going to find out about it, and Victoria's going to be like, um, I want my money back. <laughs> like, the deal was, you get the money if you break up, and you guys clearly didn't break up, so. I don't know, I just feel like it's a flawed plan. Regardless, that it they end up not getting a house together for, I'm not sure, I don't remember what the reason was. I think basically Jack told Declan, like, you're not good enough for her yet, you know, wait until you're better, wait until you graduated and have a job or something. And, uh... And Charlotte realized she could just move in with her dad if she doesn't want to be with her mom. So yeah, they, Jack, they... Jack was saying that, like, Declan needs to put himself up to a higher standard and be the boyfriend that he needs to be, uh, which is to, you know, finish up school and then go to higher education if he chooses. And or, or get a job, yeah. Or get something. a job, yeah, exactly. And not just live with, move in with this girl and... I don't know what they were planning to do after that. Yeah, like, what are Declan's plans for the future? Like, what what is... We never hear him talk about career stuff at all. His I mean, we don't really hear... Yeah, we don't really hear Jack talk about that either. I mean, we assume Jack wants to eventually go to Haiti, <laughs> maybe, on a boat. Not sure. Um, but, you know, he's running a bar, so at least he sort of has a job. Not that I think that that was uh, what he wanted to do, but eh, whatever. Yeah, it kind of happened. I mean, he could... You think at this point he's just holding on to the bar because of his dad? his dad's memory or like why doesn't he sell it and go undo um partially i think partially he i don't think he dislikes the stowaway i mean it's like clearly a play and it's gotten gotten a lot more popular recently now that uh you know nolan's friends come and uh i think it was mentioned at one point in an article or something because um you know a bunch of people like, I th- a bunch of socialites started coming there. So it's, do- you know, doing good business now. And there's not really, he doesn't really have a good reason not to. Especially while Declan is there and in school. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he can do his trip later. <clears throat> Maybe. So that's really what happened with Declan. You know, at the end of the episode, we see Charlotte decides to move in with her father. And, and, they, and they give um, the money back, too. We give the money back to right. Victoria. Because yeah, Declan's like, I'm not going to accept it. I'll find money. My, you know, I'll find money another way right oh just love Declan so (laughs) even if he can be a little immature sometimes I think that he's a he's just a sweet guy all right so then on the other end we've got Jack who appears to be pretty much officially dating Amanda um I'm it's hard for me to tell whether or not she still lives on his 
boat or what. Also, like, this episode, she needed to go buy clothes because she was wearing his shirt. And I'm just thinking, like, uh, okay, you had clothes, right? And so, like, did she have... When, back when she was a stripper, I'm assuming she <laughs> lived in an apartment somewhere. Like, where's all her stuff? Is that just there? Like, is she still paying for rent? Like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, they don't really explain any of that. It's just, like, she up and left her whole life before. And now she's living here, a fake life. And um, you can really tell that she really doesn't know much about the past. And Jack, like, comes in, makes her her favorite, like, blueberry pancakes. And she's kind of looking at them funny. And I'm like, what? Unless you're, like, allergic to to blueberries or gluten, um, why can't you just suck it up and not look so weird? I have a weird affliction where I will sneeze it- at least once, and usually just one time, one sneeze, every time I eat pancakes. I have no idea why. Pancakes, waffles, French toast, anything that's... I think it's, I get, I get like, overexcited and I just eat them really fast, and it sort of clogs up my throat and I have to sneeze. I don't know, it's oh, very it's, odd. Oh, it's at the but... end? Not, like, right when you walk into the, the kitchen? No, like, like I'll eat several bites, and then I'll have to sneeze once, and then that'll be it, and then I'll just continue eating them. <laughs> but every time? So Not sure. Anyway, it's just sort of a weird, weird thing. But yeah, she she wasn't doing a good job playing along. It's like, dude, you're pretending to be an entire person that he knew. Like, you you need to... I, I'm, I'm happy that Emily gave her a journal of, you know, her younger self in this. But, like, come on. You would have thought that... She, I'm surprised that they didn't t- teach her more of her childhood or whatever. Oh, yeah. I guess they never, I guess they never thought that she would need it. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah, so it was just very apparent in that scene. Jack was trying to bring up memories of them as a kid. Of course, you know, the dog doesn't even recognize her. And, um... What else? Yeah, I mean, Amanda just... She didn't remember that they used to collect sea glass. She didn't remember, um... Well, Sammy acts weird around her because obviously it's not actually actually, his owner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But at the same time, Jack is understanding that she's she's kind of trying to uh, erase all these memories, (laughs) supposedly. And yeah, she says that she blocked out a lot of the memories. That's that's her excuse. And he's still he's still doing stuff. That's so nice. I'm just so glad you're here. I've been waiting for this forever. And of course, that's exactly what Amanda wants to hear. You know, she wants to hear that she's needed, wanted, desired, and and Jack, even though he thinks she's someone else, he says those to her, and she's just her heart just melts. It reminds me of fan fiction roll with me for a second here so the beauty of reading and writing fan fiction is that you don't have to do all the character building because the characters already exist in a tv show or book or movie or whatever so you can write another story or read another story about you know these characters and these settings without having to first basically do the hard part of coming up with the characters and and stuff the reader opens up a fan fiction and already knows who the characters are that's sort of like what Amanda's doing here, which is she she doesn't have to do the hard part of actually meeting Jack and actually getting to know him. He already knows and likes Amanda Clark because he thinks that she's someone else, right? And so she doesn't have to do the whole, you know, learning part. It's it's very it's very odd. Although I will say this that I, I don't think in real life this is very realistic 
at all. People change so much. What is it supposed to be? Like 20, 20 plus years, 25 years after, you know, she's. Yeah, she I left? think it's closer to probably 16 years. Still, I mean, people change within a couple years. I don't know if there was some boy that I liked back in the day when I was young and then we move off and we come back, back together. I don't think. I think I'd still need to sit down and ask him a lot of things because. We all change. I mean, you change throughout high school. You change throughout college. They, they they separated when they were like in elementary or middle school. It's a lot of years between them. Things wouldn't just naturally jump. Oh out. yeah, no. I mean, I have friends who I don't talk to that often for a year or two, and then I come back, and it's it's sort of slightly awkward, and you don't really know the day to day life of the person. You know, friends. Are, and relationships are much easier kept when you're seeing each other on a daily basis or, a, you know, almost daily basis. And that's why people are really close friends with, you know, their co-workers or their, their classmates or whatever. Yep. Because those are the people they're seeing all the time. Um, and, you know, when you're in high school or middle school or elementary school or whatever, and you, you have these friends who you go to class with every day and you see them every single day, you become really close friends, even if you don't have that much in common and stuff. Because you're just around each other so often. But then, you know, maybe you go to different colleges and you don't talk to them for a year or two and you see them over the summer and it's kind of awkward and you just don't really, you know, you, your your friendship and your relationship is now basically just based off of past experiences yep. and not recent memories, which is, exactly. you know, what you would think would be happening with Jack and Amanda. I think the good part is that, you know, Emily Thorne, who's pretending to be Amanda, is uh, actually a very attractive and, and vivacious person. In my opinion, not the same personality as young Amanda Clark, but... Oh, yeah. No, you know, no. interesting enough. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I'm like, is, uh, part of it, I think, that Jack is just really uh, set on living out this fantasy life where he kind of sees past that... Um, Amanda's a lot different than what she was back in the day. Like, I feel like he's just kind of, um... He's just set and saying, I'm in love with Amanda Clark, yeah. and it doesn't matter to him what who Amanda Clark is, yeah. or, you know, what she's like. Exactly, exactly. Which, which is interesting when you think about the fact that, you know, previous to Amanda Clark coming here, he was into Emily Thorne, right? And... Emily Thorne was not Amanda Clark, but he likes her personality, I think, better. I think if he, if he had just two girls, neither of which were Amanda Clark, but you've got Emily Thorne, and then you've got, you know, the the person who is pretending to be Amanda Clark, but with a different name, Sally, you know, whatever, and he had to choose, I think he likes the personality of Emily Thorne better. Yeah, um, Emily seems to fit his personality more. Uh, Amanda's fun and kind of out there, which, I mean, I like, but Jack seems like he's more of the reserved guy who might like another reserved girl. Yeah, I think so. Not, th not that, not that though, I mean, not that opposites don't attract. They definitely do. So, yeah. Although you know, at the same time, we're we're giving a lot of you know heat to Amanda for not acting like young Amanda. Except Emily Thorne doesn't act like young Amanda either. You know, she's a very cold-hearted kind of person and very, you know, which obviously comes from this mission she's on and and what happened to her father, but. You watch those few flashbacks of young Amanda Clark, and it doesn't seem like that same person either. You're right. I mean, she hasn't lived that much, so she didn't have as much to be cold-hearted about. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, so, th yeah, this episode was sort of, um, 
a couple interesting things happened with Amanda. Not as much Amanda and Jack. Basically, they're going strong and, and Amanda is getting some more advice from Emily about who she was as a child in order to basically, in order to impress Jack and, yeah, but, and but, keep this up. But you know that journal that she gave to Amanda, I'm pretty sure she wrote that whole thing now and she probably put some stuff in there. Purpose, you purpose. think? I thought she said this was she said this was a journal I had in foster care. I thought she said. Uh, she said that, but right before that scene, you see her like bending the journal to make it look old. She's bending it, crinkling it to make it look old. Really? Yeah. And then she hands it to her. Oh, and she's I missed like, that. This is stuff of my past when I was in juvie, and it also says the truth about the Graysons. Like she, I think she purposely put stuff in there. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think so. I, I think she said, which she said, why would here is the journal? Here is a journal from my past, and she said, it, you know, if you're going to be Amanda Clark, you need to know everything, including the truth about the Graysons. But then Daniel walks in, so I don't think she. I think she was going to tell her the truth about the Graysons. I don't think it's written in the journal. I don't think she would be that sloppy. I, I think that she's going to tell her the truth about the Graysons and her father because right now, Amanda Clark still believes that you know David was the criminal. She doesn't know that he was framed yet. Yeah, exactly. And, but I think... But I don't think that's, that's in the journal. Okay, I, I well, think that that's a conversation maybe, maybe they're going to actually have. Maybe that's not in the journal, but it sure did look like she was bending the journal. And I wouldn't be surprised if she purposely put stuff in there that maybe was incorrect. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like... I'll, I'll have to go back and rewatch like, that why scene would she, to see. Why would she want to help Amanda that much? Like, it's also killing her inside. Or is this because... Uh, she I think she's using, I think she, she has a plan. Put it this way. She told Daniel that Amanda, who Amanda Clark was, you know, she said, oh, it's Amanda Clark. And she, she knew that that would eventually get back to Victoria. She's using that for some reason or another. We don't know why yet, but we saw Takeda at the beginning yeah. of the episode tell her, use your problems of Tyler and Amanda, use your problems to take down your main target, Victoria. Yeah, that's right. Conrad. That's right. She did mention to, to Decatur that the two people that what were they like kind of she thought that she couldn't control them or she thought they were like the very um I don't know, she mentions Tyler and Amanda. I'm trying to figure out why she mentioned them to what was the question that was asked. I don't know, probably just complications and Com- on yeah, the way may- to her goal. Yeah, maybe complications, so that's why this episode kind of focused on stuff with Amanda and Tyler. Right. So that moves us into the next topic, which is of the whole Tyler plot. And so this is basically the things that Amanda knows at this point is she knows that Tyler is trying to worm his way into the good graces of Conrad. She knows this through Daniel and she knows this through Nolan. She knows Amanda or Emily? Emily, sorry. Emily knows this. Emily also knows that Tyler is not 100% who he says he is based on, you know, the, the lies she's caught him in in terms of his past. And she knows there's something sketchy going on there. She also knows that Tyler has this speech from uh, Lydia, right, that, that Tyler had taken out of the shredder. They didn't mention that at all this episode, did they? Yeah, they did. So um, that was sort of the whole point is that, what what Amanda decides to do, or sorry, Emily, what Emily decides to do is instead of, instead of confronting Tyler and, you know, with, with the whole him and Nolan, him blackmailing, well, it's sort of interesting. So basically, 
<laughs> it's confusing. Basically, yeah, it's 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 confusing. Basically, Tyler is trying to use Nolan to get in the good graces of Conrad Grayson by getting Nolan to pay this twenty million dollars investment. At the same time, Emily and Nolan are trying to use Tyler <laughs> so that they can basically keep Tyler around in order to get some further information or whatever out of Conrad at the same time with taking Tyler down. So she slips to, she, she, Emily finds this recording of Tyler and Nolan, um, having uh, sexual relations. Uh, she finds this recording, which I don't think Nolan wanted her to find. I think she just looked at it on the camera. And Nolan made the video for an insurance policy, basically, for, um, in case, you know, in case he ever needed it to and, blackmail. And she discovered it's because she was, Nolan told her that, uh, Tyler had been recently Googling a lot of, doing a lot of searching Stuff on David on Clark. David Clark. And right, so and she so, so the, the reason. She stuck in the video, and, and when she stuck in the video of the recording of Tyler, what pops up is this intimate moment of Tyler. Right. And Nolan. And Nolan. So, yeah, the reason that Tyler has been looking up stuff on David Clark is because he has this shredded speech that says in the speech, yes. basically, you are, uh, you, Conrad and um, Victoria were the ones who framed him, and they're actually the ones who took down the flight 197. So, the yeah, the, the speech is basically this, this confession from Lydia spilling out the whole truth. So... So, basically, um, Emily uses, she tells Daniel about how Tyler got the money from Nolan, which was by sleeping with him. And she instead, instead of, I mean, that is true. He, he got the money through, through those means. However, he's not blackmailing Nolan. He's just, you know, Tyler's genuinely thinking it's basically a trade. You know, I give you this, you give me the money. Emily lies yeah, go- to Daniel, she Daniel and yeah. she frames Tyler for recording this video that actually Nolan filmed. So Daniel tells his father, Conrad, about this, and Conrad obviously fires uh Tyler. Fires Tyler. Partially because I think he's disturbed by the means, and partially because it would look bad on his company if it ever came out. The reason that Emily does all of this is she knows that Tyler is willing to blackmail Conrad based on this speech, right? So now what she has basically done is set up two of her enemies against each other, both have dirt on each other, and both are trying to get something out of it, and she's hoping that Conrad will find a way to take Tyler down for you know, the, the promise he's had. Because, you know, Conrad's not just going to sit around for the rest of his life and have Tyler know this this speech, you well, know, well, and that, know that this was information. The thing that, that was the biggest thing was that when when uh, Conrad told Tyler, hey, yeah, you're fired. I don't agree. I don't like how you're blackmailing. You're using the money, or you're using blackmailing to get the money. Tyler said, well, hey, I might have been blackmailing, but at least no one died. And yeah. he said, you know, I know about, I know that you were using David Clark as like a Patsy, co- Patsy uh, cover up. And that was big revelation that um, Tyler told 
Conrad that he knows about their secret. Right, so those were the the two pieces of information that happened this episode that the audience already knew, but that got revealed are Tyler revealed to Conrad that he knows the truth about David Clark, and at the very end of the episode, when Daniel's speaking on the phone to Emily, Victoria overhears that Amanda Clark is back in town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So those were the really the two big pieces of information uh, that got out. And I'm kind of surprised that Amanda Clark has managed to be in town for so long without Victoria know, noticing. That's, but that's, yeah. I guess she's basically really just hanging out with uh, Jack, and Jack is the only person she's probably said her name to, so. Yeah. So, and, um, so the, 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 the thing about uh, Tyler being fired is we find out later that Conrad actually didn't fire Tyler fire Tyler um he tells Daniel that yeah we worked it out so obviously Tyler's blackmailing of the of Conrad is working too yeah yeah um and and you know it's hard to see right now what exactly is the outcome that Emily wants whether or not she wants Tyler to be able to leak this information uh you know which will expose the Graysons or whether or not she wants Conrad to just take Tyler down and then she'll deal with the uh taking down the Graysons. Not sure, but either way, she's probably got at least one of them, you know, to take down the other. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was the, the main plot line of this episode, and, and the other, the other smaller, uh, plot line that was running throughout the episode had to do with this, uh, lawyer or something? Yeah, lawyer name, what's his name? Ryan? Huntley. Huntley. So Ryan Huntley approaches Victoria and basically says, hey, he he was working with, I don't remember if it was Lydia or Lydia's husband, I think it was Lydia's husband, on um, their divorce. And he was, he was representing Lydia's husband and he's doing, you know, Lydia's husband's doing great now. And did, did Conrad, Conrad reached out to Ryan to have him be Conrad's lawyer and then representative, representative yes. but uh, um, Ryan was like, no, I don't want to do it, and Ryan was- Yeah, so instead, he, he approached Victoria and said, I want to represent you against your husband. And I'm not sure, we don't know yet what the reason behind that is, but I, I think he just, much in the same way that Frank- appeared to have more loyalty toward Victoria than uh, than to Conrad. It seems like people just don't feel as good about representing Conrad for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. I don't know. I think it's because a lot of them know something about this David Clark case. Which, funnily enough, we find out at the very end of this episode. So, yeah, Huntley comes and talks to Victoria and she basically says, sure, I'm down with this. And, and he says, you know... If I'm going to represent you, I need you to promise, you know, transparency and, um, you know, cooperation and all this. And also, I need you to basically get down and dirty and do whatever, you know, whatever we say you need to do in order to win. And so that that throws in a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a question of what exactly are they going to be lying? Are they going to be making things up? Like, what, what does he mean by yeah, that? Yeah, that was kind of interesting. And Victoria was so totally down with doing all that yeah she was like like, whatever sounds good also side note is the general public supposed to know about lydia and conrad's affair um probably not i'm sure that it's sort of a rumor so i was gonna say i could see that right why ryan would want to represent victoria over 
Conrad was because their divorce is partly because of Lydia, you know, Conrad was being um, unfaithful. Unfaithful. You're right. So it probably is more of a winning side from that angle to look yeah, at Victoria's exactly. side. If, you know, that would if be my guess. know about Lydia and Conrad, I, I didn't know. Well, uh, whether or not the general public knows, I'm sure it would come out in this, you know, divorce. Yeah, true. So. So you make a good point. Yeah. And what were you saying before? Uh, right. So the big thing that gets revealed at the end of this episode yeah. is we see a flashback where we see Emily circa black hair <laughs> so sometime right after she's gotten out of juvie but before she's officially become you know emily thorne and and that's another question of is she still technically supposed to be amanda clark like there's a lot of confusing bits of you know we heard that when she was volunteering with that catering company for the new year's eve party she was listed as being amanda clark but she obviously looks very different back then than amanda clark who's with Jack now, looks, so I, I, that gets all very confusing. But regardless, the flashback shows that uh, this Ryan Huntley guy has declined a, it was, he, he declined the appeal Peel. that David Clark made uh, throughout something in the, uh, in the sentencing process. And so uh, Emily approaches this uh, Huntley guy basically says, you know, I want to know why you declined the appeal. That's the only part we get in the flashback. There's another flashback too, right? At the very, very end. Isn't it like Lydia or someone practicing some like line? Well, so that's not really a flashback. Right. That's another interesting thing. So basically Tyler, (laughs) Tyler confronts Nolan about this, uh, you know, recording of the two of them because Tyler knows that he's not actually blackmailing Nolan. He didn't know that this video was ever made. Nolan, at the same time, (laughs) did not leak the information to Conrad. Emily did that without telling Nolan. So Nolan, of course, gets in the huge fight with Emily again about, I don't want to be dragged down with all your whatever. And Emily, rightfully, like we've been saying, basically says, yeah, uh, I never asked you to join me, you know, and he's Nolan... It's pretty harsh when he says, oh, it's, you know, it's a good thing your father's dead because he would be so ashamed of the way you turned out, basically. Yeah, that's, that's really cold. <sighs> right, so that was rough. But so when, and you know, he's upset because <laughs> Tyler has just stormed to Nolan's house, uh, physically accosted him, and then taken his laptop and thrown it in the pool. So, <laughs> and, because, stolen because, his, and has stolen his whale cam yeah. slash USB. Well, because Tyler thinks that... Nolan told the Graysons told right, which he didn't. Yeah, which he, he didn't. Um, Nolan, Nolan is just a somewhat innocent third party bystander, even though he uh, technically was the one to record the video. But that was for his own personal use. So yeah, so so Tyler manages to just take this whale cam, which slash USB, which I'm like Nolan, why are you storing random things on this? camera like you think he would have backed this up to a different computer or something but instead all of these old videos are there one of which is the video of lydia confronting conrad from it was you know a few episodes ago probably episode three or something uh basically saying you know saying a similar thing that she did to in her speech you know talking about how david clark was was innocent and and she was just forced to uh say otherwise yeah, that's what it seemed like Lydia was practicing, rehearsing some lie that she was going to say. 
Well, it's not really a lie. I mean, what she said there was basically true. You know, she was, she was intimidated by the Graysons into playing her part. I don't think she wanted to, but, you know, she did. So, yeah, so that was, um, that was what happened at the end of the episode there. And that really, really ties up most of, most of what happened total. Um, at the end of the episode, we get a nice quote, a couple quotes. One is from Emily that says, My father wrote, Always question where your loyalties lie. The people you trust will expect it. Your greatest enemies will desire it. And those you treasure the most will, without fail, abuse it. Which... I think it's supposed to be hinting somewhat to how she, you know, felt like Nolan was loyal to her, but she wasn't, uh, wasn't using, wasn't treating him nicely, and, and, uh, she might have a problem on her hands then. And then, after that, the last line, again, is another quote that says, Some say loyalty inspires boundless hope. And while that may be, there is a catch. True loyalty takes years to build and only seconds to destroy. Which, again, I think is part of what she's talking about with, you know, her relationship with Nolan and also um, Amanda's loyalty to her and also the loyalty that uh, David Clark had to the Graysons that was destroyed in, in seconds. So, lots of symbolism there and, uh, pretty good. At least those two quotes really fit the episode title of loyalty. I'm not sure the actual episode really talks about loyalty as much, but you know, we're sticking with these one word titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like them though. Um, another thing, another last thing is that Daniel does end up moving back in with Victoria. Uh, well he does at least for that night. I'm not sure if that was a per- permanent move or not. Oh, uh, okay. So I thought- he said he wanted to stay there for the night. Um, to keep an eye on things. I think he's he wants to make sure that Tyler doesn't do anything crazy. Oh, that's the other thing. We saw, there's an interesting scene that we saw where Tyler appears to be packing up to move out. And I think this is, I'm not sure if this is before or after his conversation with with uh, Conrad, where Conrad first fires him. It might be before that, but it, it might be after he realizes that Daniel is getting this um this commission from, from Takeda of $50,000, or $50 million, sorry. Well, because earlier in the episode, Emily had uh, met Emily and Takeda and Daniel all go out to dinner, and Emily is it's sort of a humorous scene where she's she's acting as translator for Daniel supposedly, and Daniel's talking about business and all this <laughs> stupid stuff, and really she's just having a private conversation yeah, with Takeda, exactly, <laughs> um, which I've seen before in you know other shows and stuff, but it was pretty funny here. So yeah, so that that happened earlier, and 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 she, Daniel ends up getting this um this deal from Takeda, even though from what I can tell throughout the episode, I'm not sure Takeda actually is doing anything. I think Emily might literally be straight up giving oh, the money to yeah. Takeda to give to Daniel. Um, and you know, $50 million, that's a hefty, hefty deal for this, but yeah, I guess... but I mean, Daniel doesn't get anything from it. It's the dad because, yeah. because uh, Conrad even said, Hey, the deal was that the first person that gets an investor gets a commission. Right, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't get a commission, but he does get, you know, in the good graces of his father. Yeah. And, um, and Emily's fine with that. She wants to help because, yeah, like we, you said earlier, her goal is that, is that Daniel will, uh, get high enough into the company where she could potentially use him to get some information from, about her father. 
So, yeah, the weird part of this is that we see this this shot where Tyler is, seems to be kind of in distress for whatever reason. And he's looking through his bags and he's looking for some sort of pills or, or medicine in these little pill containers. And they all appear to be empty and he seems to sort of have crazy eyes. So uh, hopefully we'll find out some more on that later. Oh, well, one thing. You think Emily is really faking her feelings with Daniel because Decatur was all um, really concerned about her feelings towards Daniel he was like you love him gosh can she really fake all that I I think that she likes him enough as a person um but I I don't think that she really has deep feelings for him at, at least at this time I mean we'll have to see later but but at least for now it really doesn't seem like she I mean I don't think I don't think she dislikes him um but I don't think that she's seen enough to really make her you know, make her love him Gosh. in a deep way. Don't see how she does that. But anyway, yeah, that's, anyway. that's pretty much all I have. Well, feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on our Twitter at KowskiCast. That's cow with a K. You can also watch our episodes on our YouTube channel, which is KowskiCast, also with a K. Yeah, we would love those five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast, and that's really the best way for people to find our show in the future all right that's all for this week's episode thank you for joining us and we will be back next monday probably for our rewatch of episode 11 for now we're the kowski sisters peace out